Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. 
and you're listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM. Thefringe.fm is the network website. Thefringe.fm, our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you visit our website, you'll find our show archive, my books, and more. Especially if you're a subscriber to The Secret Teachings, you'll get access to my books on the website as well, and our show montages. All of that at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact us tonight, or tomorrow, or next week, or ten years from now, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. And on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. You can also find my personal account there, Ryan Gable. I woke up this morning and I was driving into work and I could just feel the electrostatic, the electromagnetic static, the electromagnetic waves in the air like something was going to happen. Of course, something happens every day, so that's kind of a vague feeling, but when you get that feeling, usually it's because it's going to rain. It's going to storm. And the human body and what we call consciousness is pretty incredible because all I did was I woke up this morning, I took some iodine, I took some B12, I had a cup of tea, and I put my t-shirt and my shorts on, grabbed my shoes, got in my car, and still kind of half asleep, but I'm awake. It's like 5, five o'clock uh, in the morning, Monday mornings when I work my other job. And I just got this feeling like, you know, I, I think it's it's going to storm or something. Didn't look at the news, didn't look at the weather. And uh, later on in the day, I get to work and I found out it is going to rain. It's supposed to storm very badly. And I, I think that we kind of missed some of it here in Bloomfield, New York. But big storms came through tonight and uh, a lot of thunder some severe storms. I even heard that there possibly were some uh, tornado warnings. I didn't go to confirm that. I really like weather, but I don't, I just kind of, if it happens, it happens. I don't want to look at it and hope that it rains or hope it doesn't rain. I just kind of like to, I like to wake up and I like to see what happens. And I get that feeling. And that's why consciousness and the human body is really just incredible. All I did was wake up, I'm going to work and I have this feeling that it's going to rain. I, I didn't need Doppler radar. I didn't need, you know, a degree or classes in meteorology. You know, just it's the feeling. You, you feel it. You know, something's brewing. There's a storm. It's going to rain. It's going to be, you know, a, a th- thunder and lightning and maybe a tornado. It, you know, in the winter time, you get your ice storms and you get blizzards and things like that. But you can you can feel it because something in the air changes. It's like when you go to a you go to a cemetery, or you go to a place that's supposedly haunted. Maybe some people were murdered there. So that's why dark magicians and Satanists go to cemeteries, and they go to places where people have been murdered, or they do murder people repeatedly, or murder different people repeatedly in the same place, because it creates this energy vortex, and you can feel it if you're perceptible to it, if you're open to it. If you can feel that energy, 
which is no different than feeling like it's, you know, it's going to rain today, it's going to storm today, and maybe the storm passes you over. But but understanding this and, and understanding where it comes from, call it God, call it intuition, call it consciousness, it, it's really like magic. Because for those who don't, you know, if you didn't have radar and you didn't have the news and you didn't have meteorologists and people that study and chase weather, you'd, you'd be sitting there saying, I, I think it's going to rain. And people would say, well, how, why do you think it's going to rain? And then it rains. He's a prophet. He's a God. He's a priest. Well, I just got a feeling. I really hope that, and I mean this sincerely, I really hope that everybody listening, I hope that you, you, you've all been staying safe, especially those of you who are in our Oregon audience, because you have total insurrection, particularly in Portland, Oregon. And it's, it was out of control when it started. There's not really a way to describe what it is now, except it's, it's insurrection, treason, and cultural revolutionary groups that want to overthrow the state and federal government. That's what it is. The The only way it's not that is if you deny it and say that it's not happening. So I really hope everybody has stayed safe, is safe, and will remain safe. Just some feelings of, of safety that I'm hoping to project over the airwaves tonight. It's kind of hard to stay safe because you have, you know, cities across the country that are experiencing the very same thing, maybe not to the degree Portland is, but places like Chicago and you go to places, some big cities, big cities are experiencing this, small cities have have, have it going on too. But, you know, the thing is that I keep seeing is that there's also outside of the riots and the protests, peaceful or otherwise, there's also a number of what we could say are smaller protests, they're they're usually one-on-one protests. What I mean by that is you have people that are taking it into, taking, I guess, what they perceive to be what is right into their own hands and assaulting people who don't wear masks. Did you see the, the old white lady with a dog? Pepper spray? A couple eating their lunch? in the park, social distanced from everybody, a couple who may have had masks on when they went to buy that food, and they're eating the food, they can't eat it through a mask, and this old white lady comes over and pepper sprays them. And some other lady on her phone, she's filming the woman, she gets her license plate, and the woman just walks away like she's a hero. I mean, she's clearly a coward because she sprays them and then runs away, but this woman's got to be like 80 years old, and she just sprays some woman eating her lunch. You can hear the woman crying in the background. I can't imagine how painful that is. And, and the, the guy in the video, I think it might have been her husband or boyfriend, he, he was trying to, like, stop the old lady. You know, here's the thing. Oh, you can't hit women. Don't assault old people. If someone atta- If someone sprayed me with pepper spray, I would hope that the next person whether they knew me or they didn't know me, closest to the person that just attacked me would subdue the attacker. I don't care if they have a bad hip. I don't care if they're a woman. And if I was able to see, I'd probably get up and just start swinging. I'm not sure how painful pepper spray is, but I'm sure it's probably pretty pretty horrific. But, but I guarantee you, if someone I knew 
I'm sitting next to someone, they get sprayed with pepper spray because they're not wearing a mask. I will take that old lady and I will smash her face into the ground because that is assault and you have a right to self-defense, period. Like the moron with the gun, I think it was in Texas, who had an assault rifle pointed at somebody's car and he got shot and he's dead now because he attacked someone with a weapon, with a deadly weapon like a gun. It's funny now, you, you see a lot of these protesters, they're arming themselves now. You got black militia groups, you got Antifa groups with guns. Now they're coming with guns. I thought they didn't like guns. I thought they just linked arm in arm with brother and sister and shoved old people out in front of them so you couldn't say anything or do anything to them because they had the old lady with the pepper spray in the front line, right? Well, no, they're coming with guns now. I, I saw. I was looking at get, getting some t-shirts, and I saw a t-shirt that said, Socialism is communism without a gun. <laughs> and I was going was gonna to buy that t-shirt. And then I'm looking at just, well, it's not socialism anymore. I mean, these people are coming with guns. They're shooting people. It's not, they're not isolated incidences. They're, they're, it's like every other day. Or it's every day. I mean, Portland is, if you live in Portland, you've got some, either you're broke but if you live there, you're probably broke anyway. But if you're either broke and you can't get out, or you've got some serious, serious balls to live in that city. I don't know how our friends Ron and Clyde deal with it. I mean, I, and that's home to them. I think Ron lives outside the city, but I don't know how Clyde deals with it, especially not driving. I, I go to that city. I've been to that city like seven or eight times. I, I go there, and I just want, I want to get out. I, I even when before this was happening, it's just so the energy there, just like with the weather again, the energy there is just it's so depressing, it's so dark, it's so hateful, it's spiteful. It's just it's an uncomfortable. I don't want to feel that way, you know. And see, on a metaphysical, on a spiritual, on a conscious level, can't you just if you're open to it, can't you just feel that everywhere? You, you don't have to. You, most of you know me. I, I don't subscribe to political parties. I don't subscribe to political individuals. I don't subscribe to anarchy. I'm I'm not. I'm I'm definitely not an anarchist, but I'm not like part of a party. And you can say, well, well, that just makes you a moderate, or that I'm not a moderate. I'm not. I'm just looking. You give me in information, and then I'll analyze it on a case by case basis. I'm not going to subscribe to something and then get a bunch of stuff that I don't want with it. You know, if I subscribe if I subscribe to Sports Illustrated for, just for the swimsuit edition, I get a bunch of other magazines I don't want. I'll just go buy the swimsuit edition, right? I'll just support the one thing that makes sense. And not a bunch of other stuff that doesn't make sense, but because it supports one thing that does make sense, I'll support the whole party. That's just asinine thinking. So I don't, I don't support any of this. I'm not a political person, but I am a political person. And... You don't have to be a political person. You don't have to be involved in anything politically or even have thoughts or opinions. You know, you know, I guarantee you, you know, somewhere inside, maybe you don't say it out loud, you know there's something, it's like V said in V for Vendetta, there's something terribly wrong in this country, right? Or who was it? Was it Anne Hathaway as uh, the cat burglar in the third Batman movie? And she said, a storm is coming. And, you know, that, that whole Batman movie, I don't know if you saw the uh, the third Batman with Bane. It was A lot of it was shot in Pittsburgh. 
and it was between all these police officers and people that were represented law and order. And Batman was kind of the moderate. He was kind of torn between both sides. And then you had all, all the criminals who were released from prison by Bane. And uh, they went to battle and they quarantined Pittsburgh and they wouldn't let people leave their houses, houses or go out and do things. And they attacked and locked off all the police down in the sewer system. It was a big trap. It, it was basically a... There's a Marxist-style takeover of Pittsburgh in the Batman universe. You can you call it whatever you want. You call it, call it Marxism, call it communism, call it capitalism, call it conservatism. You can call it whatever you want. What it is, it's people with guns, and it's people with faulty ideologies who are idealists, who want what you have. And even if you don't have something they want, then just for sport... They'll treat you like you do have something they want. It might be your life. People say, well, that's fear. This is all fear. You're talking about what's... No, it's not all fear. See, I think what's fearful is to pretend like nothing is happening, to deny that American cities in particular are on fire because of people that are not protesters. They're sure as hell not peaceful. And many of them are professionals. You, you know that this is... This is your, 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 your standard, typical event that, if we relate it to historical events, is, yeah, it's that old idea. History repeats itself. And you can see history repeating itself just every single day. So I find this interesting that there's a combination of coronavirus hysteria and racial hysteria. This is by no means a coincidence or a happy circumstance for some groups of people. But now you've got this crossover and this mix between the two. So if you choose to, let's say, wear a mask and you go out in public and you chose to wear a Trump mask, now now you'd be told, take that mask off or you'd just be hit in the head or spit on or cursed at. It's like, well, you want me to wear a mask, so I wear a mask, but the mask I'm wearing, which some counties are doing this too, some states are doing this, where the government then tells you what mask is appropriate. So I have to wear a mask, I put the mask on, well I don't have to wear a mask, but I put the mask on and then you tell me that's not the right mask, you got to put this mask on, or that mask says something we don't like, so put this mask on. This is just, these are just control freaks. Just control freaks. You, you can can, can someone show me where opinions are illegal? Can, can somebody show me where, even if you have an opinion that is abhorrent, it's illegal and it should be banned? You got old ladies spraying people in parks with pepper spray for eating their lunch, literally. And you've got people at Walmart, I don't know if you saw this in Minnesota, Minnesota couple wears Nazi face masks to Walmart after state mask mandate. Walmart temporarily banned a couple after the pair wore swastika face masks into a Minnesota store in what they claimed was a political statement in the wake of a statewide mask mandate. 
Now, they, they say, this is disturbing video, the Huffington Post says. Disturbing video. Oh, it's so disturbing, a swastika. Taken Saturday inside the Walmart in Marshall, one day after the state's coronavirus mask rule went into effect, showed the man and woman checking out at a register. Listen to how sinister this sounds. It shows a man and woman checking out at a register as the woman made obscene hand gestures while wearing the red and black Nazi symbol. Man, people just get erectile dysfunction real fast with that swastika, don't they? Someone behind the camera who was filming this because, you know, they have to get justice, said, you cannot be an American and wear that mask. You cannot. We literally had a war about this. Well, that's stunningly inaccurate because the Second World War was fought over economics like most wars are fought over. And uh, Civil War was fought over economics. Hell, the American Revolution was fought over economics. It was fought over money. It wasn't fought over hatred and bigotry and racism. You know that, right? You know that the British began the eugenics movement. You know, and this was in the late 1800s, early 1900s. You know that the Americans had eugenics programs operating even prior to World War I. No, 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 no. Hitler started all that. The Nazis started all that. No, the Nazis just said, hmm, I like that idea. Thank you, Britain. We'll take that into consideration. No, actually, the fact, it's, it's an oxymoron. You cannot be an American and wear that mask. No, actually, that's the reason they can wear the mask, because they're Americans. You couldn't be a German and wear that mask because they banned the symbol. No matter how hateful it is, I mean, you could, you, you can. You might get assaulted, but you're not going to go to jail. You're not going to get fined. If you wear a mask that says, I love Nazis, you know? In fact, we should make a T-shirt that says that. Just get like, Alexandra Cortez, Bernie Sanders, and a bunch of other socialists, and just put a, put, a, put a shirt together that says, I love Nazis, and then define Nazi as a national socialist is what it is. I think that would be a really great shirt. No, you can be an American and wear that mask, moron. So then the woman says, I'm not a Nazi, and she says she was wearing it as a symbol of hate as a political statement. And saying that if you vote for Joe Biden, you're going to live in Nazi Germany. That's what it's going to be like. So I won't bore you with the rest of that article, but people just really don't understand. People are really, really ignorant. You know, I used to think, wow, I don't know anything. And then I started doing radio and I had to learn something like every day to do the show. And as I took on more responsibility with radio and do a show five nights a week for many years now, I have to learn more than a little bit or more than one thing a day because I have to do a whole show. I have to at least provide perspective and commentary. And with my limited, maybe a little bit more than limited, with my, with my moderate observations of what's going on and my analysis of things that go deep beyond the surface, I realize that, you know, you don't really have to be that smart. You don't really have to know that much. 
All, all you have to do is just have like a basic sense of self-awareness. And I guess the average people are so asleep. I don't really like using that word, but the average person is so ignorant and lethargic and apathetic. You are, you've overlapped them so many times. I, I can't, you can't even count it. It's like the Daytona 500. The race starts, you already overlapped them 500 times. They're still starting their vehicle at the starting line. Sir, you can't wear that mask as an American. Ma'am, you can't wear that mask as an American. No, no, I can wear that mask because I'm an American. Because this isn't Nazi Germany, I can wear whatever I'd like to wear. That's how it works. And that is how it will continue to work. Because, you know, there are, there are people that seem every night on the news if you... uh well, at least if you watch news, they're telling you that these are good, peaceful people. You know, there are people in your city right now, probably, that want to burn the country to the ground. And people ask me, why don't you talk about Bigfoot more? Because Bigfoot isn't trying to overthrow our constitutional republic. Okay, if Bigfoot starts to over, tries to overthrow the constitutional republic, we'll take a shot at Bigfoot, okay? We can tie metaphysics and different angles into shows like this, but when people are afraid, those of you who, who listen, not, not to me per se, but those of you who listen, who feel that, that electromagnetic, that static, those waves in the air, and you know it's going to rain, you know a storm's coming, those of you who pay attention to those kinds of things, you'll know that what's happening, the feelings that we're experiencing, the experiences we're having, what we're witnessing, this isn't just on a physical level. This is on a deep spiritual and metaphysical level. That's why you can feel the evil. You can feel the darkness. You can feel the dark side flowing through those peaceful demonstrators. You can feel the hate. And the dark side is really, really easy to succumb to because it promises to give you this utopia, all this power, but it results in your demise. Stay with us tonight. I've got some very interesting information to share with you. And I think for those of you who aren't panicky and emotional, you'll be able to handle tonight's show and you'll be able to walk away having learned something new. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. 
Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener, and we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm Call the station at 501-777-5631 or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative, between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM, the Fringe.fm, and www.thesecretteachings.info. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. 
and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Tonight, it's the Hitlerian paradox. Die a hero or become a villain. From Chicago to Albuquerque to Kansas City to Portland, Oregon, federal agents have been dispatched. This has been going on now, at least in Portland, for a couple of weeks. In some of these other cities like Chicago and Albuquerque, it's in the last couple of days, the last week. 100 Department of Homeland Security investigation officers are working in the region where they've been sent in here in Kansas City to conduct what they would normally conduct as a drug trafficking operation or child exploitation investigations, but to conduct uh, the protection of federal property and the maintaining of order in cities like Portland, where DHS officers have also been dispatched to. Federal agents have a duty and a right to protect federal property, just like, remember when Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton sold out a U.S. ambassador and a weapons deal went bad in Benghazi and they let the soldiers and the ambassador without any support be assaulted for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. They made a movie about it with Jim from The Office, right? And Obama just went to bed and Hillary just said, yeah, let him die. You know, see, you have a right to defend your embassy. These embassies are in foreign countries. Many of them are hostile countries you have embassies in. Some embassies. So you have a right to defend that embassy, just like you have a right to defend a federal building. Right? And when someone breaks down the front gate and they attack federal police... I'm surprised, I mean, really, I guess in a way I'm not surprised, but in a way I sincerely am am surprised a little bit that federal police haven't just brought out the minigun jet. You know, because these hordes of people, you ever seen Black Hawk Down, where they got the skinnies on the roof? That's what these people look like. They're just mobs, and they're swarming to the Black Hawk Down. Right? And there's there's like two guys that survived the crash, and they've got maybe a hundred rounds between them. The pilots are dead. One guy got shot in the leg or he's got glass in his leg or something. And they're just trying to fight off these mobs and mobs of people. And that's what it's like in places like Portland. I mean, I, I've not been in the middle of a Portland riot, but I hear they are the best riots in the country. I was stuck in a riot in... And it was a riot. I was there. It was a riot. They were breaking... Windows of the courthouses, they were launching, I think they were setting off fireworks, there was flashbangs from the police. This wasn't federal, this was local police. In a little tiny part of, uh, I think I think it was in, was in Pennsylvania, 
It was an Erie PA. That's where it was. Erie PA. Was at an Airbnb. This was a couple of months ago. It was right. Some guy got shot outside of my Airbnb. I mean, why did he get shot? Well, he pulled a gun on a police officer. You're going to get shot. You know, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. You put point a gun at a police. You point a gun at me. You're going to get shot. I'm, I'm sure that police officers have far less nerves that are not, you know, that that are that are active and have have uh, far more nerves that have been fried than I do. And uh, you know. I'm, I'm going to shoot you point a gun at me. I'm going to shoot you just like that asshole who pointed the AK 47 at the person in the car and they got shot and they're dead. Yeah. That's, that's how it's going to happen. You know, the funny thing is you think about history. See, it's why I, I love history. Like if it was organic, it is orgasmic. If it was like sexually gratifying history to me is like orgasmic because it's like, Oh, that, that makes, that's why that happened. That's because we know what's going to happen next based on it's an Oracle. You know, and in a way, it's very metaphysical. You, you understand what's going to happen next. You, you, I know the next chapter. I've seen this movie. You know, it's like history is a story, right? It's a, it's a, it's a script. It's a, it's a novel. And then it's made into a movie. And you go see the movie after reading the book, and you're like, hey, I've heard this story before. Oh, I've read the book. That's why I was interested in coming to see the movie, right? Well, history is just text. And memory, what we remember from reading the text. Some stories are passed down, you know, verbally, but they're also put put in text and print and books and things like that. Now we have the Internet. So all this information's there. And then when we see it happening in the real world, that's the movie. So in one way, we think, well, this isn't actually happening. This is just a movie. And for those of us who understand the significance of some form of historical context, we realize, oh, well, this is a movie, but it's real, and this is what's going to happen next because we already read the book. You know, they didn't change it that much from the book. Some things will change, but it's going to be pretty much the same thing. So if you you think about, read the book. <laughs> I, I, I've read the book. Have you read the book? If you read the book, what does the book tell you? In 1917... In the years prior to 1917, the years after 1917, the Bolshevik Revolution that overthrew the czars, the czarist rule, you know that the communists in Russia were able to take control of Russia primarily because the Russian people, who every Russian person I've ever met, super intelligent, brilliant people, and, and they know their history, even people that are young. They know their history from their parents, their grandparents, who grew up more directly under communist Soviet rule and authority. And, and, and even the kids know. The kids know because this is just like a, a generation and a half, two generations ago, really. You know, back in the 90s, but back in the late 80s, early 90s. This is relatively recent history. This isn't like 1930s in Germany or 19, uh, you know. 20s Weimar Germany, this is like recently the rule of terror ended in Russia. And even before that, Russia was coming out of it, just like China has been coming out of Maoist rule, that there's still a horrible communist state of uh, just 24 hours a day red terror. Fear. It's fear. You're afraid. What am I going to do? So, I don't think... 
And for anybody listening, I, I know that there are people that listen to this show who just, they're all about, they love communism, they love socialism, they try to do everything they can to justify it. They'll say that wearing a mask with a swastika on it, you can't do that in America because that's a swastika. We fought a war over that. Well, that's not what the war was fought. The war was fought over economics, and it was fought to destroy the economic dominance of Germany. Winston Churchill even said that reportedly. The war isn't against Nazism. It's against the German people. And this is America, so you can wear the swastika. You, you can also wear the hammer and sickle. You can wear whatever symbol you want, because this is America. All right? This isn't, yeah, not, it's not Nazi Germany. It's not the Soviet Union. You can wear whatever you want to wear, because this is America. Does that mean people aren't going to attack you? No, people, but see, hopefully people can respect your right to express yourself the way that you see fit, even if you're in the minority of one as an immoral person or you're the, in, the, in the minority of uh, you know two or in the majority of a million. Again, this is you have a right in this country to express yourself in these ways. People that want control, though, don't want you to express yourself in those ways. So what I'm getting at here is the guy that got shot because he was waving an AK-47 around, and all the other people that have been shot in just mobs of violence, you'd imagine at some point the federal police would have just brought out the miniguns like Black Hawk down and mowed these people down. The simple fact that they haven't done that at this point while Portland burns to the ground shows you what incredible restraint these men and women have, and it proves that the president is not a dictator. What are you talking about? It also demonstrates... When people defend themselves like that skinny, scrawny crackhead who pulled the big, buff, black guy out of the car. Did you see that? Oh, my God. It's the best thing since the Antifa guy, the other skinny crackhead meth head, got leveled by, I think he was like ex-military. This guy just turns around with, a, I think it was like a right hook, and just literally knocks the guy 180 degrees on the ground. This black guy gets pulled. <laughs> they try. This skinny meth head tries to pull the black guy out of the car. This guy gets out of the car, like picks the guy up, like with the force, and just slams him into the ground, like body slams him into the ground. And then everybody just shoots off and starts running, like you stepped on an anthill. <laughs> These people are pathetic. Get him, get him, get him, get him. Oh, no, he's a black guy. I'm sorry, sir. Bam! They smashed him into the ground. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. But no, none of that's happening. See, I know that there are a lot of people that listen to this show, and they, they love their communism or socialism, whatever they think it is. It's really just anti-human. It's anti-religion. It's anti-free expression. It's, it's, the, it's the end of human existence. So that everything becomes this gray blob and you lose that connection to spirit that lets you know, hey, it's going to rain today. You can feel that like I felt when I woke up this morning. I mentioned when the show started tonight. You lose that connection. You can call it God, but you lose that connection with God and spirit. You become a literal drone. And so all the drones that were able to go into Russia and subdue the Russian people I'm sure that there are a number of reasons. I haven't studied that revolution as I have other historical events, but bottom line is you're not going to be able to do that as easily 
in the United States. So you can make fun of militia members and you can make fun of people that believe in self-defense as if that's, it's humorous. Oh, he defends himself. Look at this guy. That's so stupid. You can make fun of people like that, but th- this isn't Russia in 1917. All right, this isn't even Germany in 1919-1920, you know, when the, when the Freikorps put down the communist uprising during the Weimar Republic. This isn't even then, okay? Th- this is America, and although, yeah, it's America in 2020, you bring an AK-47 to a peaceful protest and you point it at some random person driving by, you're going to get shot and your head is going to explode when the bullet blows out the back. This isn't a bunch of weak people. This isn't a country of weak people waddling around or a country of weak people tending their fields or strong people, I should say, tending their fields and taking care of their families and just wanting to be left alone. All right. This isn't rural Russia in the early 20th century. This is rural and increasingly metropolitan America in the 21st century. And you don't need 90% of the population to be strong and willing to defend themselves. You only need like maybe 2 or 3% of people to have at least the will to fight against the insurrection, and it goes nowhere. So keep trying and keep pushing. It's not going to happen. That, that's the thing I think a lot of people who are afraid need to realize that this isn't like a communist takeover in some third world country or a country that's close to being third world where the resources are extracted by the conquering dictatorship, the conquering military force, the conquering party, or where you have a a country like Russia, a great country like Russia that falls to the Bolsheviks in 1917. People here have guns, and people here, as much as I don't subscribe to the USA, USA, and fly an American flag out the back of a pickup truck, I'll defend myself, all right? And there are more people like me, and a lot of them They don't support Trump and they don't support Joe Biden. They are just people that want to be left alone. And you try to take their stuff, you're going to get shot. You point a gun at them and their family, you're going to get shot. So in a way, it's almost kind of comical. It's like, you you really, you you want to do this? You really want to spark civil? I guess they don't, they do because they don't really know what they're doing. And those behind the scenes that are really controlling things that are funding these movements and groups They've got militaries of their own prepped and ready to go. One of them, you know, we, we've seen this military pouring into the country, and these are, you know, your, your migrants that are just part of a military squad, which is breaking the country's back financially. But that doesn't mean migrants are bad people. It just means they're being used. Just like, you know... Jewish people. Jewish people aren't bad people, but Jewish people are used. You know, Catholic people aren't bad people, but Catholic people are being used, and their their faith is within an institution that is notorious for violating every sacred thing about their faith. This is what's so irritating. It's like people are so one-dimensional that they can't 
converse with you unless it's within their paradigm or just on the outskirts in opposition. It's like when you go, you go read, uh, you know, go read like, a, is, it, is it Yelp? I think they still do Yelp. Do you read like a Yelp review or you read a review for a product on some website? And, and usually if there's like, you know, two one-star reviews, it's from someone who's really angry. There might be hundreds and hundreds or thousands of five-star reviews, but two people got really upset because they, they, were, they were illiterate and couldn't read the description of what they bought. And then they get really upset and give it one star. And then other people look at that and think, well, these two people gave it one star. I mean, that's probably more real than the, the thousand people who gave it five stars. That's got to be fake. And that's really what's happening. It's like a just a big review. You've literally got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are like, yeah, I'm not, not going to stand for this, but, you know, I'll wait. And then you got a bunch of people that are far less in number that are just one star, one star, one star, one star. I'm upset. I'm entitled. It's, it's, it's really kind of, it's kind of humorous if you think about it. And so, since 2016, people have routinely compared Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. I find that kind of interesting because I, I, I agree with those people. I, I think Donald Trump is exactly like Hitler. I imagine that some of the audience, they're squirming in their seat and they're scrambling. Wait a minute. He says he doesn't support anybody, but now he's talking like a Democrat. No, I'm not talking like a Democrat. I'm talking like a historian or at least someone who's read a lot of history books. Trump is exactly like Adolf Hitler. He is very much like Adolf Hitler. And I think that's a good thing. Now people are really scrambling. What do you mean? He's, so, he's talking like a Democrat. He doesn't like Trump, but he thinks he's like Hitler, so he's got to be left-leaning, but then he also likes what Hitler did. So he, well, I didn't even say I liked what Hitler did. I just said I think it's kind of a good thing that Trump is acting like Hitler, but you've got to do it within reason. Can I, can I, may I explain myself before people send messages to the network? Or, you know, I'm already on the Antifa list, so... You want, to, you want to put me there again, just, you know, I guess it's, it's cool. I'll, I'll make sure I have both guns loaded, you know, cocked and ready to rock. So you can, I've been on the, the road that was at Rose Antifa, the, the, the skinny pale meth head losers up in the Northwest, you know, one guy, you know, you ever listen to Alex Jones and he's always, he's always talking about how he, he's like, I took on five guys and they got me real good, but I broke one of their noses. I bit one of their ears off and I broke three of their legs you know, it's, it's like this, this, this hilarious story. I mean, you, you actually could do that with Antifa guys. You know, the only way they get you is they fight dirty and they'll wait till you turn your back and then they'll hit you in the back of the head with a brick. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So people compare Donald Trump to Hitler. And I have to say, I, I, I do indeed agree, agree with that. Let me explain why. A lot of people compare President Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. And their reasoning is typically motivated by an unbelievable historical ignorance and, of course, intense post-World War II propaganda, particularly of a Soviet nature. The result of this has led many people to believe that Hitler is the most evil man to have ever lived. And it, it helps to solidify the straw man of Hitler, where propagandists have painted the historical figure 
with being the father of eugenics, uh, the father of crazy science experiments, and the father of police state brutality. And of course, even your standard history book would tell you that those things are inaccurate. None of those things are even remotely true. None of these things were fathered by Hitler, and, and none of them were even, were even creative. They were, however, extensions of what any other state attempting to gain or regain control of a country has done, or what any regime has done, what any government has done, what any group of scientists have done. Eugenics came out of Britain. Crazy science experiments, these go back to the dawn of man. People have always been experimenting with things that go beyond the realm of what is considered to be acceptable, what is considered to be moral. You know, people know the name of Joseph Mengele, and they say it with like this. Like, when you say Joseph Mengele, I think a lot of people hear the Darth Vader theme in their head. Dun, 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 Joseph Mengele. All Joseph Mengele did was just, he stuck some needles in the eyes of some kids, and he he did some really horrific medical experimentation. This is no different than what the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation does today under the guise of science. You know what Joseph Mangala did all of his work under? The guise of science. Medical tyranny. But Joseph is bad. Bill Gates good. You know, four legs good, two legs bad, two legs good, four legs bad. It's, it's, it's animal farm. Eugenics spawned out of Britain. Experimentation programs were run in the United States. The Russians and the Americans at this time, both and before Hitler, both experimented with technologies that would be considered science fiction even to this day, which is really interesting if you study some of the things that the Russians and the Americans were working on. Though I guess in the black budget programs, in relationship to what's going on today, we have no clue, so I'm sure it's something that will seem science fiction even in 50 years from now. Oh, and of course, the communists in Russia alone killed nearly three times as many people as Hitler. They killed more children in the Ukraine alone than the Nazi party killed throughout the entire war. I wonder why that is. These are historical facts. And I know there's always a group, a chunk of my audience, they love me. They'll tell me they love me. They'll say, you're intelligent, you're well-spoken, but you just have this tin to lean, you know, in, into Nazism. And I always ask, why do you think I'm a Nazi? Well, you said you have a, an old German flag in your studio? Yeah, I have a bunch of flags in my studio. That is, I have books on health. This doesn't make me a doctor. Well, you say things like, you think Trump is like Hitler, but then you said you think Hitler did some good stuff. Well, Hitler did do good. Hell, Obama did some good stuff. It doesn't mean I like Obama. Hitler did some good stuff. You know, I don't support people. I don't really support ideologies. I don't really support parties. See, it's this unanimous social construct that when you're asked, you ever seen Left Behind where they, where you're, if you've been a in a Christian school, the Christian teachers always told you what will happen in the end times is they'll have guillotines set up. I mean, this is in the movie. It ter- it's terrorism. They just terrify kids. And they'll come around and they'll ask you, do you believe in God? 
And if you say yes, then they chop your head off or they shoot you, right? That's, that's how the, the trials and tribulations go. Well, it's kind of like that today. It's like the woman with the mask on at Walmart. She's being screamed at, you can't wear that mask in America. No, you can wear that mask in America. And even when the woman tries to explain, I'm wearing this as a protest to show that this is what will happen if you get Joe Biden as president. Maybe she didn't. Maybe that's just a lie. She still has a right to wear it. But people just go totally hysterical and they start screaming and yelling and cursing and calling her. And and, and people tell me, well, Brian, you have to understand people went through a lot of trauma. You know, people were alive during that time. They had ancestors alive during that time. Okay, but the Holocaust was not unique. And I shouldn't have to, in any social convention, be obligated to join the collective in demeaning not only Germany, but demeaning certain aspects of history that are well-documented and factual just simply because they don't fit in with the narrative or the paradigm. Do you believe in God? Yes. Pooh, they shoot you. Are you a Nazi? No. Well, you have Nazi memorabilia. Yeah, I have a lot of World War II memorabilia. Well, you're still a Nazi. Pooh. There's no, you can't reason with them. They're hysterical, emotional mobs of morons and useless idiots. You can't reason with them. That's just, that's it. See, more than a decade before Hitler even came to power, the German people were well aware of the Bolshevik Revolution. I mean, it spread over various parts of Europe. It it, it spread to Italy, it spread to Spain. Later, it spread all over the place. And it was coming to Germany. And the German people in the early 20s were well aware You can run whatever direction you want. This is a historical fact that the Communist Party in the 30s and 40s later, but even in the 20s, was made up of almost half, half were Jewish by by classification. And so a revolution was attempted in Germany after 1917, the Bolshevik Revolution, and it was stopped by the Freikorps, comprised mostly of veterans of World War I. They were led by ex-officers and allowed by the Weimar government to stop uh, stop these revolts throughout Germany. This was in 1918, 1920. 1922, July 2nd, Kaiser Wilhelm II told the Chicago Tribune, this is, this is a decade before Hitler came to power. The Jews are responsible for Bolshevism in Russia, in Germany too. I was far too indulgent with them during my reign, and I bitterly regret the favors I showed to prominent Jewish bankers. That's not Hitler speaking, that's Kaiser Wilhelm II. Also, 1913, this was almost a decade prior to that. This was the year the Federal Reserve was established. July 16th, an issue of the Great Britain Directorate of Intelligence reported on revolutionary movements abroad. These are those Jacobin, Frankist, Sabatian, communist revolutionary movements. Here's what the Great Britain Directorate of Intelligence said. There is now definite evidence that Bolshevism is an international movement controlled by Jews. Communications are passing between the leaders in America, France, Russia, and England with a view to concerted action. 
So as you can see, the idea that Jews were involved in some kind of conspiracy to take over the world is not a conspiracy that was created by Adolf Hitler. Hitler didn't start the eugenics movement. Hitler didn't start the idea of national you know, superiority and supremacy over other countries. Hitler didn't, the, only, the one idea Hitler did have was for a united European Union. See, I, I can feel the energy in, in some of you listening. Like, ooh, Ryan, this is a tough subject to get into. Why is it a tough subject? I, I don't see why it's so tough. And I don't, I don't see it as disrespectful. I see it as historical. Because whatever I'm saying here can be combated a hundred times over. And whatever you believe to the contrary can be combated a hundred times over. There's always more information. You can ask, well, Ryan, are, what are you getting at here? Are you getting at there are Jews involved in some international conspiracy? No, I, I didn't say that either. I just wonder why 10 of the 11 scientists on the Manhattan Project that built the atomic bomb were all Jewish. The 11th one had a Jewish wife. I wonder why half of all sports are owned by Jews, half of all Democratic campaign contributions come from the Jewish party, and historically the Communist Party says that half of their membership has always been from 3% of the global population. I wonder why that is. Do I hate the average Jewish person? No. That's where your ignorance comes into play if you think that. I don't have a direction where I'm taking this except to analyze the idea that Trump is Hitler. That's why tonight it's the Hitlerian paradox. Do you die a hero or become a villain? And what I mean by that is, do you let the country burn to the ground, as Germany did after World War I, as is happening in America now? Or do you lock down and stop the external and internal threats, the foreign and domestic threats to the sovereignty of either Germany or the United States or any other country for that matter historically? So you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the victim, or rather the villain, villain, you are a victim, I guess, the villain of a plot that entraps you into either not acting and being overthrown or acting and becoming a dictator. Die a hero or become a villain, the Hitlerian paradox. We're going to talk more about this after break. Don't go anywhere. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Stay with us. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. 
Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Check out my show, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, 11 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, U.S. time. Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. I love history. I've loved history since I was in high school, even when I was a terrible student. Straight D's across the board, but I did get A-pluses in history class. And it wasn't because I studied really hard. It's just for some reason history, it, it, it kind of sticks to me. Not all the stuff that you know you learned in history class where... You know, when did this person do this in 1907 at 4.07 p.m.? You know, unless it's a really historical event like the assassination of a president or something like that, you might remember the date. But a lot of history is just fluff and a lot of history is assumption. But history, of course, is not something that you can take and say this absolutely happened because even if you have it on video you know it did, nothing happens the way that it seems there's always more to the story i mean the story of the titanic seems really really simple boat hits iceberg boat sinks breaks in half and then you know the girls left floating on the big door and uh you know leonardo dicaprio sinks to the bottom of the ocean and then she throws the blue heart jewel over the side of the the research vessel you know it's that's what happened but no that's not really what happened the 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 white star line was owned by jp morgan 
He had a big suite on the top of the ship. He backed out at the last minute. The ship was put together with substandard parts. And there was direction to maintain full speed ahead even after the thing had hit the iceberg. And so because the engines were still going so were going so uh, so quickly, it pushed the boat into the water faster and then it lifted out of the water and broke in half, right? We saw that in the movie. The guy falls down through the middle and bangs his head off of one of the floors. The James Cameron movie, another powerful yarmulke interest in Hollywood. Now you find that kind of interesting, like Gary Oldman and Charlie Sheen and Mel Gibson. Like these are pretty big names. You know, Mel Gibson is a pretty big name. Maybe not anymore, but Mel Gibson was a pretty big name. And uh, Gary Oldman's a pretty big name. Charlie Sheen's a pretty big name. When you think of these guys, especially Charlie Sheen and Mel Gibson, you always think like drug addict, prostitutes, racist, wife beater. You know, that's what you think of when you think of these guys. But they all have something else in common. They all criticized Hollywood rulers. I mean, and they didn't really criticize that much. I mean, Charlie Sheen just basically called... All he did was call the producer of Two and a Half Men by his actual name. And uh, they said that was anti-Semitic. It's like, no, I thought, isn't it kind of more anti-Semitic to have a Jewish name and then to change it so people don't know that you're Jewish? That's kind of sleazy. But Charlie Sheen just points that out and suddenly he's off Two and a Half Men. They say, we're not going to pay you. And then... He, he's just, it's all drugs and sex, and he's just a horrible person. They got to discredit him really quick. Get the ADL on it. You got Mel Gibson. He's, what did he say? I hope you get, you look like that, you get raped by a, like a pack of black guys or something. He makes these comments, and it's like, you know, Mel Gibson's very Christian. So they go after Mel Gibson. He's a raging alcoholic, racist, sexist bigot. And then Gary Oldman, he didn't, he didn't get painted as any of those things. He was just told, Come here, Gary. You want to work in Hollywood again? Uh, yes, I do. Apologize to the Jewish people. And then Gary's like, I'm so sorry I offended the star of David. I would really like to be in another movie. <laughs> the groveling is just completely pathetic. But why would you have to apologize? Why would you have to pander? And why would people like Mel Gibson and Charlie Sheen just whoop, vanish and be have their character totally destroyed for, for no reason whatsoever, for something that's totally not true, except Jewish newspapers just brag about how they control Hollywood. Yeah, the Chinese own it, but see, there's something that's interesting. The Chinese essentially do own Hollywood, but what are the Chinese? What is the Chinese government? It's communist, and, well, historically, half of the Communist Party has always been Jewish. Major Jewish newspapers will openly state that Jewish people, by nature, are more liberal that they're more communistic, they're, they're more left-leaning. That's not my opinion. I've read that in major newspapers. So you could say, well, nah, come on. You know, that's, that's just not true. Well, it, it, it is true, and <laughs> you can deny that it's true, and I don't think that it really means anything per se. I just think that it's, it's true. Uh, the Times of Israel... 2013, I have it in front of me, U.S. Jews among the most supportive of gay marriage. Times of Israel, 2012, Jewish donors prominent in presidential campaign contributions. 
the biggest donors to the Republican and the Democratic parties. Jerusalem Post 2016, U.S. Jews contribute half of all donations to the Democratic Party, 25% to the Republican National Convention. That means that 75% of 200%, if you combine the two together, roughly half of all the billions come from Jewish donations, and it's usually because uh, there's like two or three billionaires involved. And even recently, a couple of days ago, the Haaretz newspaper reported on July 9th, Jewish billionaires are using their money to try to rig election. Haaretz, July 9th, 2020. Trump campaign, Jewish billionaires are using their money to try to rig election. You don't hear much about that in the news because it's not, you can't dispute it. Jewish newspapers publish it like, yeah, yeah, it's true, but you don't talk about it. Why can't I talk about it? Why can't I say that Black Lives Matter is the Democratic creation in league with the Ku Klux Klan? Because it is. Ku Klux Klan was terrorizing white people who didn't capitulate. Black Lives Matter terrorizes white people who don't capitulate. It's literally a paramilitary wing of the Democratic Party, just like the Ku Klux Klan is. It's alive and well today. They just got some black slaves that they use to control the minds of white people. That's why about 90-something percent of Black Lives Matter are white, and they carry weird rainbow flags or they're carrying Antifa flags because they're all just a bunch of criminals. And, you know, uh, I I could sit here all day and just literally rant and ramble about this, but there's a direction that I think needs to... uh, We need to take a certain direction when we observe content like this because it's so controversial but to me it's not controversial to me what's controversial and what's fearful what you should be afraid of is someone censoring content and telling you don't talk about it that's what terrifies me what terrifies me are people that go to rallies and demonstrations not knowing why they go to them or thinking just on the surface oh well i'm going because i support black people well that's not what the group is well, yeah, but they hold up. They have signs that say "Black Blacks Matter," so that's why I'm going to it. No, you're going to it because you think you're a part of something that you're not really a part of. Because the real club is not allowing people like you to enter the club. These groups are distractions, so you don't realize you're not getting into the big club. So, I call tonight's show the Hitlerian paradox. Why it's a Hitlerian paradox? Because you die a hero or you become a villain. You either let Germany burn to the ground or you stop it and you become a villain. You become a bad guy. You either let America burn to the ground and you die a hero to some or you become a villain essentially to all and you put the boot down and say this is not going to happen anymore. A lot of people have compared Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. And their reasoning is typically motivated by historical ignorance and an incredible amount, which persists today, of post-World War II propaganda, mostly out of the Soviet Union. And the result of this has led many people to believe that Hitler is the most evil man to have ever lived, as if this is some non-arbitrary scale that we can just, you know, we look at what somebody did. All right, they sent federal troops in to stop violence. Let me look here on the scale. Let me slide this over a little bit. Ah, that was Hitlerian. Trump is a Nazi. We just have these like 
scales where we determine who's a Nazi, who's not a Nazi, as if that defines, you know, what somebody is or what they believe. It's how do we define, you know, what is evil, right? But all this propaganda has solidified the straw man. It's propaganda that has painted Hitler as being the father of the worst science experiments ever conducted that are human in nature, the father of eugenics and police state brutality and other horrible things. But Hitler was really none of these things. He, he didn't father any of these things, and none of these things were even new or really creative for that matter. Eugenics spawned out of Great Britain. Experimentation programs through medical procedures were run in the United States. The Russians and the Americans both experimented with technologies that could be considered science fiction. And the communists in Russia killed nearly three times as many people as Hitler. They killed more children. Stalin killed more children in the Ukraine alone than the entire Nazi party killed through the entire war years. It's an astounding number. And yeah, it's kind of morbidly funny because it's like forgetting to induct Michael Jordan into the Hall of Fame or something. It's like, you know, you just completely forget about some of the most powerful, famous, successful athletes. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Who's Wayne Gretzky? Well, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky doesn't get into the NHL Hall of Fame. Who's Brett Favre? Who's Dan, Dan Marino? Who the hell's Dan Marino? You know? More than a decade before Hitler even came to power, the German people were very well aware of the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. And the part that Jewish people in particular played later in the 30s and 40s, making up half of the entire Communist Party. So a revolution was attempted in Germany, just like the one in 1917 in Russia, a few years after this. But it was stopped by groups of veterans from World War I in Germany. They were called the Freikorps. They were led by ex-officers who were nationalistic and mostly conservative in character, and they were allowed by the Weimar Republic to stop the left-wing revolt throughout Germany. People like Kaiser Wilhelm II in 1922 outright said the Jews are responsible for Bolshevism in Russia in Germany, too. In 1913, an issue of the Great Britain Directorate of Intelligence reported on revolutionary movements abroad. They said there is now definite evidence that Bolshevism is an international movement controlled by Jews. Communications are passing between the leaders in America, France, Russia, and England with a view to concerted action. Of course, Mussolini's famous march on Rome celebrated the final defeat of the Bolshevik revolution in Italy. And the fascist party, that's where we get the word fascism from Benito Mussolini, the fascist party was founded to oppose communism. The Spanish Civil War was also a result of Russia arming and funding communism in Spain in 1936. That red terror spread from Russia to Spain to the Ukraine to Hungary to Italy to Germany. Of course, it later spread to China, and Russia was primarily responsible for supporting for some time. And, you know, Mao and Stalin had some big differences. Mao was far more insane than Stalin was. But after the defeat of Germany in World War I, the country was primed for a revolutionary overthrow. 
much of which was already in the process with old normals and old rules of social behavior no longer applying. Germany had been devastated from the First World War that Germany also didn't start, but was made to pay full reparations for, just like Germany today is still paying reparations for World War II. Germany has always been a land of enchantment and a powerful economic center in Europe, and that's why Germany had to be, the reins had to be pulled on a little bit. You can't become independent and dominant and have your own self-sustaining economy. That's not going to work on the international level. You look at what happened to Berlin in the 1920s, you never hear about this history. You never hear about the Weimar Republic. Weimar Berlin, after World War I, became the essence of decadence and depravity. Women, get this. This is in, not your standard history book, but, but there are books written about this. There's a book called Gay Berlin, written about this. There's a book called The Myth of German Villainry, written by a former, I believe he was, I believe he was Navy, U.S. Navy. There have been a number of books written about this history with referenced, well-documented sources by ex-military, by professors. There have been books written about this by Jewish scholars. The Holocaust Industry is an example of that. A really great book by Finkelstein. It's a funny name, but yes, Finkelstein, it's a really good book. It talks about the Holocaust industry and how after World War II, nobody really talked about the Holocaust. It was only monetized decades later and turned into something that we have to remember, 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 and pay reparations for. Don't you find that kind of interesting that the same left-leaning political affiliations today that say we need to pay reparations to black people are the same left-leaning parties that say we have to pay reparations to Jewish people? Reparations, historical genetic guilt. Why do you think that's important? Why do you think genetic material is important? I'll get to that in a few minutes. I think it has something to do with being divine in nature, being chosen. The chosen people, by birth, have the right to rule over others. It's like in a monarchy, right? So Weimar Berlin featured women who were turning into men who dressed like men and men who dressed like women. And homosexuality became a very normal part of social life where it wasn't just kind of accepted, it was flaunted. Nudity was flaunted. Magazines, newspapers, smut, comics, books, you know, whatever was published. I don't have a list of everything, but everything that was for sale, newsstands, just open, hardcore pornography. I'm not saying every newsstand, but this was a very common thing in Germany in the 1920s. This is why Adolf Hitler wrote in Mein Kampf, quote, one needed only to look at the posters announcing the hideous productions of the cinema and theater and study the names of the authors who were highly lauded there in order to become permanently adamant on Jewish questions. It was a terrible thought, and yet it could not be avoided that the greater number of Jews soon specially designed by nature to play this shameful part. Well, even in Adolf Hitler's own writings, he said it's really a terrible thing that most of the people that wrote these 
and 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 photograph these and 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 drew these and design these and film these kinds of things it's really sad they're they're all from one group of people hitler said quote the fact that nine-tenths of all smutty literature artistic tripe and theatrical banalities had to be charged to the account of people who form scarcely one percent of the nation Hitler wasn't looking at Jewish people and then said, oh, here's a reason to hate Jews. The German people were looking at their culture burning to the ground, especially after World War I, and their social construct torn down, spit on, pissed on, and mocked. And they look at what is doing the mocking and the pissing and they say, uh, please stop that. And you find that about, you know, it's like nine out of ten, they're all Jews. So then it kind of becomes suspicious. If they were all Italian, it would be suspicious. You know, if they were all Russian, it would be suspicious. You know, you have foreign people in your country Nine out of ten of these people that are pushing this smut are, most of them aren't even citizens. The Most of them are foreign. They don't want to acquire citizenship. They want to live off the state, and they also happen to be of one group of people. It doesn't mean that group of people are bad, but in order to combat it, you got to have some kind of guidance on, right, what are we looking for? It's profiling. So Hitler profiled Jews because... It's well documented that Jews were primarily behind the communist revolution in Russia. The Communist Party makes no deflection about that. I mean, the records in Russia show that about half of the communists were Jews in Russia and about 40% were Jews in Germany. That's, so you start rounding up communists, you're going to start rounding up Jews. Kind of sound familiar from the history that you've heard? As a result of World War I and this depravity and debauchery, Violence skyrocketed, starvation skyrocketed, homelessness increased, joblessness, depression, suicide, culture intensified in its destruction. The culture of lawlessness and lewdness was accompanied by an attitude of entitlement which years later led Hitler to state, quote, all work which is necessary ennobles him who performs it. Only one thing is shameful, to contribute nothing to the community. Nothing falls into a man's lap from heaven. It is from labor that life grows. Social honor recognizes no distinction between the employer and the employee. All of them work for a common purpose and are entitled to equal honor and respect. Now, you could say, well, that kind of sounds socialist in nature. And it does, because you know what? Hitler was a socialist. However, you can clearly see that the socialism in Germany, as opposed to the socialism in Russia, is a little bit different. In Germany, everybody had a job. You didn't work, you didn't eat, you didn't live. People took pride in the way that they dressed, in the way they presented themselves. I don't think anybody could dispute that. Everybody had food, so long as you worked, and shelter. Let's take a little trip over to Russia now. And you see tens of millions of people starving to death because there's no food. You see people that are jobless, people that are homeless, people that are committing suicide, people that are barbarians and 
thugs and punks and useful, useful idiots. And you see people that are dressed in just drab black and white clothing, basically. So clearly something was a little bit different about Hitler's socialism than Stalin's socialism, wouldn't you say? Now, I would say, you know, I, 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 I don't support a lot of the things Hitler did, but see, I shouldn't have to, and I won't sit here and make that statement because I'm coming from a point and a place of essentially neutrality. I'm presenting information. If you want to think I believe or think something to the contrary of what I've stated, that is your choice, and that is your right. If you have a problem with what I've said, prove what I'm saying wrong. I have done my research. I have read and printed Jewish newspapers where they are backing what I'm saying. I've read books referenced with quality, some of them mainline historical sources. So I have an idea of what I'm talking about. And so what ended up happening in Germany is that Hitler intended to stop the revolution. He said, quote, the people were not put here on earth for the sake of the economy, and the economy does not exist for the sake of capital. On the contrary, capital should serve the economy, and the economy in turn should serve the people. So after obtaining a little bit of power, the plan was to rebuild the economy and to extract the cancerous growth called the Red Terror and Communism from the culture. About a decade of debauchery and depravity, including the first sexual transgender surgery, the word transgender is German, communists were continuing to undermine the German state and attempting to turn it into a Russian-style socialist government. So what did Hitler do? He rounded up communists by the thousands and locked them up in re-education centers. The first one was Dachau, near Munich. Now, if you paid attention with an open mind, and all I mean by that is not to stretch your imagination or to stretch your thought process, an open mind in the sense that what I'm sharing with you is correct to the best of my abilities. And I mean to not take it out of context. I mean to present you with exactly what I mean to present you with. And so I ask you, does what Hitler did in Germany kind of sound, what, sound like what Trump is doing in the United States? You can't say no because it does. I think everybody would agree with that. It, it, it's exactly like what Trump is doing in the United States. You have a country on the brink of collapsing. Our situation in the United States was not as dire as post-World War I Germany. But our situation was still pretty dire in the United States. You have someone who's elected who believes in nationalism and making the country that he leads, or it could be a her, whoever the president is, a country that you are a representative of is the highest 
political office, doesn't mean you have all the power, but the highest political office shared with the judicial and legislative branches of government as the executive, you want to protect your people and to protect your country and not sell out to other countries. So you're, you're, you're a nationalist. And the economy turned around and we had less unemployment, perhaps some of the best employment numbers ever, and started manufacturing products in America again. And well, yeah, if that is what made Hitler so bad, then yeah, Trump is exactly like Hitler. And see, there in lies the spark plug to all this. This is what ignites the flame. This is what ignites the engine. What I just described is exactly why Europe and Great Britain and later America being pulled into the war targeted Germany because Germany threatened to annex the British and take control of a unified European Union as the dominant superpower. Britain did not like that. Neither did the international banking interests like that because no, 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 no. You want to take over the world, like George Carlin said? When is the last time we ever bombed any white people? That was the Germans. <laughs> cutting in our, cutting in, our, in our action, right? You want to take over the world? F you, that's our job. That's our job. <laughs> so what Hitler was, was opposition to an international globalist order. And although he was financed and put in place by some of these same globalists, Hitler printed his own mark and opposed communism internationally. That, that's the globalist order, is a communist golden circle plantation state, is what it is. And so what did Hitler do? He started rounding people up who were communists. Hitler didn't target Jews and said, let's grab the Jews off the street immediately. Hitler said, we are stopping this violent, communist, Marxist revolution, and it ends today. So the SA and the SS, they go out, they start rounding people up, they take them to camps because there are far too many of them to put into regular prisons. So they established a concentration camp. Uh, well, really what it was was a, was a re-education center, concentration camp, call it whatever you want, a transit camp. And they put the people there. Now, the fact that there were lots of Jews is a fact. Yeah. So if someone asks you, are you denying? People ask me that. Are you, are you denying that Hitler rounded up Jews? Well, first of all, you don't ask me that question so impl with that implicating eye like, do, do I have to stab you in the throat right now? Are you a Nazi? Do I have to punch you in the face, right? Do I have to, do I have to, do I have to call the police on you? Do you have a swastika armband on, sir? It's like, are you denying? What do you mean, am I denying it? Are you, what, are you a moron? No, no, no. What I'm saying is, yeah, Hitler rounded up a lot of Jews. Do you know why he rounded up a lot of Jews? Because they were communists. But he didn't round up Jews and find out they were communists. He rounded up communists and then, oh, look, they're Jews. So they started racially profiling or religiously profiling because most of the Jews were communists, or rather most of the communists were Jews. However, they don't tell you in history that a lot of Jews who were German citizens, who owned businesses, who were over a certain age, a lot of them, as well, that was one other, another stipulation, who had paid into the German economy and system, they didn't get rounded up. 
And much of the violence was not a result of Hitler giving orders in 1932 and 1933. It was a result of German people after over a decade of depravity and debauchery and people tired of their children seeing hardcore pornography on the street and men dressed like women and women dressed like men banging each other naked in an alley. It was the average German who said, no more. And so then, yeah, they, 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 they went crazy and they, they went after the people they thought were responsible. And they did, you know, they, they broke the, the windows to Mordecai's butcher shop. And they, you know, they, they broke into Goldstein's accounting shop. And they, and they burned some places down. Those weren't people that burned them down or broke windows on, on the authority of Adolf Hitler himself with his mustache and his hair waving in the, in the wind. It was because they were tired, and so they went after the people they thought were causing the problems, which... Well, they were they were kind of right, but kind of wrong. It wasn't the Jewish person operating the butcher shop. It wasn't the Jewish person doing your taxes. It was the Communist Party, the Red Schools and the Red Terror that was so prevalent in Germany. And yeah, uh, definitely the German government then enacted a major campaign against Jewish people because, well, I've already explained it to you. Jewish people were primarily responsible. It's, I don't agree with it. It's no different than Japanese people being rounded up post Pearl Harbor. Why were Japanese people rounded up and had their rights as American citizens taken from them? Why? Because Japanese people attacked us, and so our government was paranoid and thought, all Japanese people are in on this plot. Let's round them up in concentration camps. It's just stupidity. Hitler was stupid. Germany was stupid. America was stupid. You know? But, you know, I guess on the contrary of that, you, you have some Muslim guy who blows something up and we don't round up all Muslims. I guess it would be, it's different under each circumstance, but, you know, in Germany, th- this, is, this is a real statistic. I read this in a, a, a German census book from the 1920s, 1930s, around that time. Communists in Germany... Of all the communists in Germany, 78% were Jewish. So (laughs) it's pretty laughable. You go start rounding up communists, you're going to get some Jews in the mix. Why? Because 78% of them were Jewish. Right after the SA and the SS went out to round up all of these communist sympathizers and communist plotters, the communist and socialist democratic parties were banned. And... When Hitler in 1934, when Hitler took command of, uh, became chief of the army when President von Hindenburg died, he expanded the operations. And, and what happened as a result of that, it's exactly what happened in the United States when Hitler, well, that's a Freudian slip, isn't it? When Trump took power. Yeah, Trump is exactly like Hitler in a good way. Because in Germany, just like 2016, 2017, 1932, 1933, Germany. What happened? Employment skyrocketed. Ordinary workers were given paid vacations abroad. Trump didn't even do that. Businesses didn't even do that in the U.S. The German labor front paid for people to go on vacation. Germany became a powerhouse again within just a few years. The superhighway system known as the Autobahn was created. The mass production of Volkswagen, the people's car. Unemployment was reduced from over 6 million must have all been Jews. Six million to less than half of one million in, in three years. You talk about 
You talk about an incredible comeback. I I doubt the U.S. economy can turn around in the same way. Listen to the significance of this historically. In three years, Hitler took six million people who had been unemployed. He didn't put them into gas chambers. He employed them with decent enough pay that everybody was employed. This wasn't some socialist nightmare where you're paid in socialist credits, workers' credits. You were paid German marks. You had good jobs. You took care of yourself and your family. And if you didn't participate in society, you refused to work. You didn't get to suck off the government teat. You went bye-bye because you weren't a team player in the country. And they don't have any place for people who don't want to work. I mean, it's the same place, same thing with a lot of countries today. If you go to Japan, you can't just move to Japan with 35 cents in your pocket and expect the Japanese people to take care of you. Japanese people ain't going to do that. You go to pretty much any country, you just walk into the country, oh, yeah, I'd like some welfare, please. They're going to shoot you in the head. Can you imagine what would it be? What would, it, what, it, what would it have been like? What is it like? In some, so some of you may have lived in, in, you know, under communism or something like this. What, what is it like in those countries? Do, can, can you go attack communist buildings and, and not get shot in the head? Is that possible? Can you go steal and ride and loot and kill people in the streets, not in the name of communism, but in the name of opposition to communism? I, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll run you over with a tank. Oh, no, federal police in Portland, though. They're, they're violating the Constitution. This is the mayor of Portland, that, that loser that got pepper, they get pepper sprayed or tear gassed or something, and the mobs attacked him not knowing that he was the mayor who's fi- helping finance and orchestrate and run Antifa and issue stand-down orders to police. And it got so bad the other night with the riots that they actually decided, yeah, this is a riot. Please stay away if you're in Portland. It got so bad. So the mayor goes down there. I mean, this guy who's like, he's basically a member of Antifa. I thought that was, I thought that was kind of funny. And they're like, well, Trump said some bad stuff about this guy. He said he looks like they, they beat the shit out of him. No, they did because they'll eat, they'll eat their own people. And this, I'm pretty sure, this, didn't, he say, didn't this mayor of Portland say the other day, he's like, Trump doesn't have any right to do this, so we, we have constitutional rights here in Portland. Really? That's why you took the guns away from everybody? That's why you took people's free speech away? People can't speak, people can't defend themselves, but you don't want the federal government intervening? That guy should be swinging from a tree branch right now. He's committed treason. There should be a trial by jury and then tree branch. That's the punishment for treason. These are foreign and domestic enemies. Three years, Hitler turned Germany around. Took Trump about the same amount of time. Three years, turned America around. Pretty striking similarities. What had happened as a result of this was that there was an international boycott of Germany. And it was organized by the Jewish international elite. Not my opinion. This is in major newspapers in the 1930s. 
and there were major boycotts even before Hitler came to power. You, you just type it in, Jewish boycott Germany, and you'll see it. You can look up pictures of this. The international community boycotted Germany and German goods for years, and there was there was a, 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 a handful of instances in which it didn't have to be a handful. It should have been permanent, and I guess in some ways it was, where Germans boycotted Jewish goods. But why did Germans boycott Jewish goods? Because they hated Jewish people? No, it's because the Jewish international elite, which were around in 1917 Russia, they also were boycotting Germany for, 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 for quite some time, and the German people said, well, then we're going to boycott your goods then. I mean, you, you never see a, a group of people that are so vicious and violent, and, and they have so much vitriol and venom. that they attack you and they're so angry and so emotional and so entitled. And then if you do anything to defend yourself, you're Hitler, you're a Nazi. So Hitler created the German mark. It was a receipt for labor and materials delivered to the government. It was a solid, stable currency with no debt, no inflation. And this is a well-documented history and it's, you know, despite the fact that it's not considered popularly accepted, it's, it's well documented. Uh, the fact is, the jackboot of Germany was put down not out of aggressive psychopathic control to exterminate Jewish people, but out of a necessity to preserve the very heart and soul of the German people and the German culture and the German country. And the same goes for Donald Trump. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So, you might start to think, if you follow this line of thinking, and that's merely all that it is, it's a line of thinking, and information leads you from one place to another, you can choose to call me what you will tonight, but I'm just reading you history. Did you, did you know that, you know, although 40-50% of the entire Communist Party in Russia were Jewish, did you know that about 50-60% to 60 were also Gentiles? Well, what does he mean by that? What do you mean Gentiles? It means that there were more Gentiles in charge than Jews, so Gentiles really ran the party. But there's an overwhelming majority of Gentiles. It's just kind of strange that 2%, 1% in Russia of the population can control half of the entire government and overthrow the czarist government. That That's just kind of interesting to me. So one may wonder why, on average, a half to a third, a three-quarters of the entire Communist Party was always Jewish, whether it was in Russia or it was in Germany, where it was 78%. Something that becomes obviously clear in understanding what communism ultimately is. What communism ultimately is, is perpetual warfare between classes with an elite class in charge. Now, that's no different than any other authoritarian state, except it takes from monarchical rule aristocratic rule, that you are born as a red class or a black class. Your genetics make you chosen by God, exactly the ideology of the Jewish people. This attitude leads to inflated self-importance, arrogance, and debauchery. Communism is in some instances literally Gentile majorities serving Jewish minorities in power. That's what it was in Russia. That's what it would have been, even more so in Germany, had the Germans, not Hitler, had the Germans Freikorps originally stopped multiple communist uprisings in Germany. And the German people, all people are 
proud and strong to some degree, but the German people are well-known for their pride, well-known for their craftsmanship, well-known for their history and their myth, well-known for a lot of different things. The German people, I I have a lot of German in me. I I love German history and German heritage. And the the, the German people to this day are still seen as, uh, not. I don't think a lot of people think this, but there are some retarded people who literally think if you're German, you're Nazi. See, that's what Winston Churchill wanted to cultivate as an environment. He wanted to cultivate an environment in which German people were the enemy, not Nazism. That persists today in the 21st century. The hatred and the vitriol people have for Hitler in comparison that everything anyone, anything that is unsavory to one political or other form of point of view, whatever is in opposition must be Nazi. It's psychological warfare, not unlike the usage of words like conspiracy theory, to demean, embarrass, humiliate, and shame your opposition without ever explaining why you just attack with ad hominem arguments. You're a Nazi, you're a Nazi, you're a Nazi. This hatred should not be justified by any sane or reasonable or educated person. It is only justifiable by all the former groups because what they had so much, what they hate so much is is opposition to their will and the unwillingness of submission to it. Hitler is simply an icon that stood out internationally and historically in defiance of the communist order far more than Mussolini or any other leader in their respective countries. Hitler said, nope, and fought them to the death. This is why even George Orwell has recently been called a Nazi because he criticized communism more than Nazism. The same reason stands for why white, straight men are considered the epitome of evil and the bane of civilization and associated with Nazis and Hitler, not to mention conservative men and also in a political context, women or black conservatives as well. White men were mostly responsible for the ending of slavery with the 13th Amendment in the United States. Retrospectively reflecting what Hitler would later say, the founders of the United States, the Union, mostly wanted only landowners to hold office. This was not out of conceit for poor people or a sense of self-righteousness and importance, but due to the fact that land was so abundant and work so available, Anyone unable to make even just enough to survive almost always was refusing to work and instead wanting to live off of others. These people would not make good servants in government. It wasn't a group of primarily wealthy people who said, you know what, poor people, screw poor people, they can't serve in government, we're going to discriminate. No, you had to own some form of land, you had to be involved in something in the community, you don't just take some random person off the street who doesn't have anything and throw them in into the office of president and say, you got access to everything, go for it. This general attitude of a welfare state and community-based ownership is one that, and the majority of this is based on entitlement, it's based on laziness and arrogance. It comes with a vicious, subjective, and arbitrary moral code. 
It's almost always considered left-leaning, and one may also find it further interesting why the Jewish population at large contributes to over half of all left-leaning campaign contributions in the United States, while that money only comes from 2% of the population, just like in Russia, just like in Germany, except it was three-quarters of the Communist Party when you had a population that made up less than 1% of the, of the entire population, legal and illegal. That's an astounding number, isn't it? Even so, Jewish people aren't responsible. Mordecai and Goldstein and, and, and Finkelstein down the road, those aren't bad guys. They unjustly had their shops and their businesses burned and windows broken by angry mobs of Germans who thought that all Jews were bad. No, you're looking for the communists. You're not looking for Jews. But if you spot a Jew, there's a good chance three out of four, they're going to be a communist. Statistically speaking, the Communist Party slaughtered Jews. You know that the, in, in Russia, the Communist Party slaughtered Jews. They slaughtered Christians. They banned the, the reading of Hebrew. In the, you know who banned it? The Jewish elite in Russia banned, through the Communist Party, the study of all religions, including Judaism. They censored, they rounded up, imprisoned, beat, tortured, and killed their own people. Jewish mobs killed Jewish people in Russia. Half of the Communist Party that is Jewish in Russia killed Jewish people. You see where I'm getting at here? Jewish people killed other Jewish people. Because it has nothing to do with Jews. I mean, there's an ideology there, but it's not Jewish people. And if you've been kind enough to stay with us and you've got the stomach for this subject, to stay with us for the whole show, I'm glad you did because you might have heard the, the comment you were hoping I would make. I'm not making it because you were hoping that I would make it so you can think, well, whew, Ryan's not a Nazi. Why would I be a Nazi? Why would I be a, a, a puke-faced, Gestapo, jackbooted uh, authoritarian? I, 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 I'm like Patrick Henry. Uh, give me liberty or give me death. I don't want someone to control me. But if I'm thrown into some dystopian nightmare, I'm going to choose Nazi Germany uh, over communist Russia, over Cambodia or Venezuela or China or any other shithole that's been taken over by a wave of red. The Communist Party slaughtered Jews in mass, you know, and, you know, the thing about that is. It was run mostly by Jews, in the same way that African blacks sold their brothers and sisters into the slave trade, a trade intimately tied to the southern states in the Union. It is therefore further interesting that according to major Jewish publications, Jewish people tend to be naturally democratic or liberal. Major Jewish publications, I've got copies of them here. Jewish people tend to be more supportive of gay marriage, Times of Israel, Jewish donors prominent in presidential campaign contributions. Jewish people contribute half of all donations to the Democratic Party. That's Jerusalem Post. And Jewish people tend to be, according to the Jerusalem Post, the large majority of American Jews have a deep-seated notion that being Jewish is inexorably bound to being liberal. That's how the article starts from 2016. So the southern states were primarily liberal. 
and they believed in slavery, and a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the Democratic Party is liberal to this day, liberal Jewish that is. Uh, opposition to slavery was painted as a scar on whites who didn't believe they were superior. That's where the Klan came from. And that's why the Ku Klux Klan was formed to attack white people who disagreed and to attack blacks. And Black Lives Matter today is no different in opposition because they attack black people who disagree with them. They attack white people who don't support them. It's the same ideology. And so you either die a hero to some or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And the only way to crack down on these communist uprisings, and that's exactly what they are, I mean, ultimately, it's just the destruction of anything beautiful, anything that's functional, anything that is growing. It's the destruction of life. That's why they're primarily atheist anarchists who want to control things, and the useful idiots will be put down like a sick dog in the end. But they don't, they're too stupid to even know that it's just complete chaos shooting each other at rallies and stabbing black people who have Trump signs, white people doing this, of course. It's complete chaos. Sometimes you have to become the villain or you have to become the hero that people deserve not the one that they need. And the way that the United States of America is functioning at the moment, there needs to be a hardcore crackdown to stop it. Do I agree with this? No, I don't want to see federal police, although I don't see it as unconstitutional when cities are burning and police in those places are told to stand down and people are getting shot and stabbed. There has to be some forming of... uh, social order, cultural order. I don't want to see any of that happen because history tells us that once that begins, there's no stopping it. But I've been saying for years, this is the reason Trump is like Hitler, because they'll push him and push him and push him and push him, just like they did the German people, until they roll out the violence. And then when they roll out the physical violence, now they finally got their photographic proof of what they've been lying about for four years or up to eight years. He's a Nazi, he hates Jews, he hates blacks, and he has to be taken out. Then you can organically get the public to support it, and once again, the song of history is repeated. That's the Hitlerian paradox. Die a hero, live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Now, I skipped our third break tonight because there's so much to get to. And I didn't even get to everything. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. On our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, you can find our massive show archive. When you subscribe to that archive, you'll also get access to my books digitally on the website. Or you can simply purchase a book on the website. Occult Arcana is one of my big books. Food Philosophy is another. And The Technological Elixir all of those at www.thesecretteachings.info. It supports The Secret Teachings, and it, it supports The Fringe FM, the network. The Fringe.fm is that network website. If you'd like to email me, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. 
Tonight might be one of those nights I don't get any emails and I wonder why. I don't know if that's it scares people. Usually I'll get a couple dozen emails. P- please send me your thoughts. You Agree with me, disagree with me. rdgable at yahoo.com Stay safe, stay informed, and I'll talk to you on the next broadcast.